Welcome to the Andy Social Podcast. My name is Andy, and uh, this is going to be the last time I record this intro for this episode. I have done so many takes, I've become hypersensitive to everything that I say, which just means that I'm, I'm pretty much guaranteed to fuck up something in this intro. But uh, I have better things to do, so I'm just going to just roll with it, and it is what it is in it, all of its ugliness. So <laughs> moving along. Thank you very much for anybody that's tuning in for the first time. Uh, thanks for giving it a shot, and I hope that you enjoy this episode and go back and listen to some of the previous guests that I've had on the podcast. I've had heaps of different people over the last couple of years. And uh, a thank you, as always, to everybody that's listening uh, faithfully week in and week out of the podcast. Now, this week's guest is with Lachlan Watt. Lachlan is a radio personality. He is the host of The Racket, which is a metal show on Triple J, which is uh, one of Australia's mainstream national uh, radio stations. Uh, Lachlan's been a part of the Australian music scene for quite a number of years. He's been in a number of different bands, Colossus, Nuclear Summer, Western Decay back in the day. Uh, he also filled in on vocals for Thy Art is Murder, I think for a European and a North American tour. Lots of cool stuff from that. Uh, he also had his own label. He's done some booking agent work, tour managing. He is just involved in so much stuff and continues to do so. So this was recorded a few weeks ago when I was in Melbourne. This is uh, one of a few episodes that I recorded whilst I was down there. We caught up in a pub in Brunswick and had a couple of pints and just shot the shit for an hour or so. And uh, I'll leave it at that. We talked about heaps of cool stuff. And we, we were both in, in Indonesia uh, several weeks beforehand and uh, a bunch of stuff happened uh, over there. But uh, since since we've got back, some other stuff happened. Anyway, whatever. We'll go into it all. We talk about the internet as you would expect, especially if I'm going to speak with Lachlan. And uh, we had a few shit stories as well, which was quite fun. So uh, it's always good for, for entertainment value. Anyway, everything we talk about, even the dumb stuff, is going to be over at antisocial.net. Uh, so you can go over there to the show notes and check out all of that stuff. And uh, yeah, I really hope that you enjoy this episode with Lachlan. And thank fuck I got through this intro. Enjoy. How you doing? Pretty good. Um, a little bit hungover, but first beer of the day and starting to yeah. feel sparkly again. Cheers for the pint. What, what are we drinking? I should be able to pick uh, it up. I think this is a Cavalier Pale Ale. Oh. Mm. Yummy. Delicious. Um, yeah, thanks for meeting up. And no worries. Where are we? The Edinburgh Hotel. The Edinburgh Castle Hotel, I believe. Edinburgh Castle Hotel in Brunswick. Awesome. Well, before we... This is a, a, a pub I... Often stop in at just on my way home from work for just a single pint and then keep walking. <laughs> it's it's just one of those uh, routines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Wish I had like a local that was just right there. Mind you, I've got an RSL, but it's not the same because you have to sort of walk in. You're a bit more intentional. You got to sign in, and yeah, you sort of lose the. Well, you don't lose motivation, but at least at a pub you can literally just walk straight in and grab a beer and keep moving. <laughs> do you know what I do sometimes on Saturdays uh, or like Sundays? Usually Saturdays it seems to happen. I guess I'll be like, oh. I'm going to go meet up with some friends in a park or go to a gig. And, yeah. like, it's usually happening all over Collingwood Way. And um, I, like, pub crawl by myself to, like, the, <laughs> the engagement and just do a pint at one pub, walk for another 10, 15 minutes, and there's another pub, like, another pint. It's, that's pretty, like, it's that's, pretty fun. That's the awesome thing, but also the most dangerous thing about living in an area like this. Yeah. It's sort of like in Sydney. I used to live in St Peter's, which is, like, the next suburb over from Newtown. 
and everyone lived in that area, all the musos, everything, and you would go and meet up with someone at the other end of Newtown, but you'd have to pass like 20 pubs to get there, and then you'd, you'd always bump into someone you know. So it's like, I'll come in for a drink, you end up like three hours late to wherever you need to go, and you trash yeah. by the time you get there, but it was just so good, so good, so dangerous. <laughs> um, before we dive too deeply in, can you give me a rundown, especially for the listeners, who Jason Seagal is oh. <laughs> and uh, what's this video that you keep posting uh, every once in a while that <laughs> is um, escalating quickly? So this Canadian uh, comedian uni student dude called Noah, um, there's just a, a poorly thought out joke that he and some friends started of uh, yeah, eating a picture of Jason Seagal every day Seagal. until he eats a picture of me or whatever, but... I don't know, he's like a, a famous American comedian and he's yeah. in like How I Met Your Mother and stuff. Okay, and yeah, um, yeah. they kind of messed up in choosing someone that wasn't really particularly sort of active on social media. <laughs> like he's tweet, he tweets like twice a year. Um, and I don't really think that, you know, I I've kind of suspect he's, you know, not really across the whole meme kind of angle <laughs> of this thing. And like, so this poor dude has been eating a printed out photo of Jason like every day for a hundred days he just hit a hundred today and like it was this really epic dark fucked up fina like finale I think because at the end of all the videos he's always saying hi Jason and at the the end of the hundredth one which was all dark and sad and showed a um a montage of him like watching every single clip of like him <laughs> saying hi Jason and all 100 <laughs> things and like then he like paints a portrait of Jason Siegel and starts like scraping the paint off and eating the paint oh. after it's done and like tears <laughs> apart like the what do you call it like the fabric of the, yeah, the photo yeah, yeah. the paint frame thing and like <laughs> sticking his head in it and then at the end he says bye Jason <laughs> and you're like oh shit is this the end? I don't know. I'm hanging to see if I get that subscription notification tomorrow oh, or not. Oh, man. Well, I, I remember, like, seeing, like, I don't know, day five or day six or something like that, and I watched it and I went, oh, this is funny, because I think the whole point was he was doing it until he met him? Or... No, no, Jason had to eat a photo of his face, and that's when it would stop. Oh, okay, gotcha. And right. so, he, like, in the YouTube descriptions, he's got the links to... Um, <laughs> I would like Jason to eat this picture. Oh, so, he's like, like, so you can print off the picture. Yeah, he's got his photo <laughs> selected and like going. And yeah, it's pretty funny, man. Like by like that in the 80th and 90th kind of regions, he started getting pretty aggressive. Yeah. And he was like, fuck you, Jason. Like, I'm coming for you, man. He's like, I'm going to find your address. Like, I'm coming to your house. And uh, this one's like, someone please tell me where Jason lives. Like, <laughs> There was one where um, it might have been only a few days ago. It was in the 90s and... He was like, and I hadn't watched it for for a long time because I watched it, I've watched probably about four or five of them, and he was he's standing on the rooftop and he's eating the picture, <laughs> and then he's just like just at the camera, fuck you, yeah. like, is it really really aggressive? I'm like, whoa, this is like nothing like the last video I saw, which was probably yeah. day thirty or something like that. Because I think he, he tried gets, a few different techniques as well. Yeah, he, he does dipping all in, sorts of shit. Yeah, like doing it like yeah, I think there's one where he blends it. And then just drinks it <laughs> with the water. Uh, yeah. It's one of those things where uh, I kind of not not literally. I wish I thought of that, I but I kind so of wish I thought of it. But, I, <laughs> but kind of, I wish I thought of something as funny as that, where you're just on this 
this endless, well, endless campaign where you know it's not good. The, the, the outcome is never going to come, but you're going to just <laughs> suffer through it for entertainment it's value. It's like, just eat the fucking picture, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what sort of, what's the health issues he'd have for eating. Like It can't be that good for you to eat ink all the time. Well, yeah, I was just thinking of the paper itself, but I mean, maybe once it's wet, it's probably not too bad, but the ink... The ink yeah, I think the ink would be worse. Yeah. I don't know. To be honest, though. I'll have to put a. I'll put that uh, day a hundred up on on the page oh, yeah. for this episode, <laughs> and people can, can watch share it with the link for this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe, maybe there'll be more by the time that happens. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Love to see someone else suffer yeah. <laughs> for, for for comedic purposes, anyway. Um, hope that I hope the dude Noah gets some kind of career out of it somehow. Like he's he's built a pretty huge following from it. Someone needs to just. Someone like uh, Jimmy Fallon or, or one of those big talk shows need to find that video and then just get him on for, for five minutes just to have a quick <laughs> chat to him. There was one episode where he was on a local talk show. Oh, really? Uh, eating, yeah. the, eating the picture on the show. <laughs> yeah. oh, hopefully he's making some money somehow. Surely. <laughs> I'm hoping he's monetized those videos on YouTube so he's getting something out of it. But so funny. So funny. Um, change of pace. Indonesia. Yes. So last time we saw each other in Indonesia. Yep. Um, I think we departed. I was quite intoxicated. I piked. I had to call it call it a night. Yeah, I think I probably called it like half an hour after you. I don't know. Did you stick around for Megadeth or? No. no. Okay. Well, I, I think I was there for like half an hour of Megadeth. Yeah. And I was actually in this. Um, well, actually, I sort of, I'd kind of just detached from the conversation a little bit because I got to that point of just being so drunk and exhausted. And um, Alan from the Black Dahlia Murder, and who was it? They're, I think he must have been their tech or sound dude. I can't remember his name, yeah. but um, we're all hanging out in the tent, and Alan was wasted and just rambling about US politics and just like the so, like social problems, economic problems, and just getting, like getting deep, just yeah. but like getting real fucking really into it and, and I was just kind of like I can't deal with this much <laughs> right now and I went, you know what I'm just like and like you know he's he's just wasted kind of like real like looking like yeah like getting just, right into it yeah I was like shit man calm down you're right like and <laughs> this is too much brain power yeah. to take in I'm not gonna say that's what the final straw was for me but it was kind of just like okay I can't deal with this I'm gonna go back to bed and- <laughs> <laughs> well my my trigger that that led for me to depart was listening backstage to Taya uh, on stage fuck she played forever and I was because I really wanted to watch Megadeth and it got to the point where I was starting to get tired and then there was this wailing and I was just like, nah, I cannot handle this. It was making me tired and that was make it, it was almost like providing me with this sober moment where it, <laughs> it, the whole world stops and you go, where am I? What am I doing? Yeah. This is it. Okay, I've got to I'm make at a, a festival in Indonesia watching like a, what, like Norwegian, is she from Norway? Uh, no, Finland. Finland, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A Finnish kind of operatic new metal band. (laughs) And, you know, look, I won't, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't my cup of tea, but it was, uh, it was enough for me to, to, to make me consider, yeah, (laughs) make me consider um, what I'm doing for the rest of the night. I'm canceling the next beer. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. I'm like, I'm out of here. And the other thing, and it probably worked in my favor because the next day I was relatively okay, but... Man, those beers that we were getting backstage, oh, Diablos or whatever they were, they weren't that bad, but there were never any cold ones. 
they just they they, disappeared. Yeah, and they were constantly bringing new cases out, but they were hot, and everyone just was getting desperate, just trying to get a beer. So everyone was drinking warm beer. Well, at least I was anyway. <laughs> and it just get, was getting so sickly, and so oh, everything man. just I was, escalated. I was so crook. The next day, I'm going to tell an embarrassing story. Yep. I think. Um, so I guess I'd been drinking heavily for a couple of days, really, and eating crazy food. Yeah, and. Uh, I don't know if it was just a culmination or if those like deep fried bananas backstage that were sitting there all day that I just got so drunk that I didn't care and I just kept eating them into the night. (laughs) I think that might have been part of the culprit, but I was like, woke up at like six in the morning, just like, oh my God, like hungover as fuck lying in my hotel bed. And I thought I had to fart real bad. And (laughs) I just, a stream of liquid shit flooded into my hotel bed and I was like oh my god <laughs> is this one of those ones where later what have you done to me <laughs> is this one of these ones later on that you go hey man do you want to edit that part out <laughs> <laughs> oh I think it's a pretty funny story I love it oh, it's um let's let's 29 let's, years old shit the bed hey it's alright I've um I'll give you a shit story just to make you feel better so um I was out one night, I think I was seeing a show somewhere in Sydney and we were we were pre-drinking since 12, show starts at 8 like most shows, and it was about 6 o'clock and we got to Bard Broadway and we're having beers there and I don't know where we're going, maybe the Gaelic or something, this is years and years ago, and um, I did the same thing, farted, and I <laughs> sharted, pretty much sharted, <laughs> and, and I walked into the toilet. I didn't make a scene or anything like that. I just walked into the toilet. Silently and, left the room. And, <laughs> and I went into a cubicle to assess the situation. It was not good. But luckily, it, was, it, ma- it managed to be contained in one area. So I removed the jocks. And, and I still regret this. This is poor form. But I just hung them on the back of the toilet door. <laughs> And That's nasty, clean, man. Clean myself up, and then and then off I went free balling for the rest of the night. But <laughs> I, I'm sure one day somebody is going to listen to this podcast, and they would have worked a bar like, away. Jesus those, Christ! And you, it was disgusting you. grot. <laughs> but um, yeah, so but I've had a few instances like that where I've been at home, like sitting on a chair in front of the computer, tapping away, and I'm like just sort of lift a cheek and go, yeah, yeah. and I'm like, whoa, uh oh, <laughs> lucky I'm at home. So. There you go. So it's okay. It's um, yeah. these things happen. They do, <laughs> especially when there's a lot of alcohol involved. <laughs> yeah, my guts are fucked from drinking. I think. <laughs> I love it. Where do we go from here? I don't know, man. <laughs> um, I just keep telling shit stories. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they're entertaining. I'm hope- hopefully the listeners are enjoying it. Um, so I saw the other day. I'll, I'll try and steer it in a more serious uh, note. Sure. I saw the suicide bombings in Jakarta. Yes. Did that give you goosebumps seeing that after? Because do you want to give a bit of background? No, I, I was just like, oh, holy fuck. Like, I th- I'm just like kind of exhausted by all the bad news yeah. lately. And I remember seeing that headline. I was just like, I just remember saying out loud, like, oh, holy fuck. Um, I guess... The background, you mean, like me going to that protest? Yeah, and, yeah, that's yeah, it, yeah. So, for those kind of unfamiliar, I guess, with the Indonesian political situation, they're now former governor who was just voted out before being sent to jail for two years. Um, who's democratically vote, voted in? Um, 
and was allegedly the most sort of non-corrupt, mm. awesome governor Jakarta had had for yep. a long time. And uh, he supposedly blasphemed against the Quran and he's mm. a Christian and sort of everyone turned on him. And from some of the locals I spoke to over there, they were saying that people were kind of the big businesses that were having like their developments and corruptions stopped by this governor. Yeah, right. Um, were funneling money to like the muftis or yep. whatever in the um, mo- like basically sort of using Islam as a bit of a tool to yep. kind of turn the people against and try and get against him, out. him and yeah. uh, apparently even you know the the video footage that was kind of used of him blaspheming uh, was heavily edited as well to make it sort of seem worse yeah, right. well. and uh, anyway so I was in Jakarta for a few days before Hamasonic and I was checking out the, the town I went to like the uh, Independence Memorial from when it built that was built after Indonesia declared its independence from the Netherlands. Yep. Um, and yeah, this tour guide was telling me you shouldn't come back here tomorrow. There's going to be like a crazy protest of Muslims protesting against the governor because I guess his court case was ongoing. Yep. And then a few days after that, he actually uh, yeah was convicted and sent to jail for two years. But um, I sort of had nothing much to do. Jakarta's not really a super tourist friendly city. Yeah. Um, I kind of planned things pretty loosely and just kind of went over on the Wednesday because it's like this is the cheapest flight. And I'll you just hang out. Without any accommodation or anything. You I just... booked my accommodation, um, I think, at Changi Airport. And yeah. I like jumped on the Wi Fi <laughs> and I was like, fuck, I better find something. Yeah. Um, so I was just rolling with it and I had a day where I had nothing planned and I was like, I'm just going to go check out this protest that people have been telling me not to go to. And um, it was. It was wild. I've never experienced anything like it. Like people, you know, with the wearing the full traditional white and black garb with yep. massive mm. um, Islamic flags, and uh, it was kind of almost like like the mood was kind of angry, but it was also kind of felt like a bit of like a, a fair or a festival or something. Yeah, right. Yeah. I remember walking through the streets and. I was getting a mixed, really mixed reaction because I was going to say, was, you don't blend in. There was barely any, like, I think I saw two other foreigners yeah. on the streets that whole time. Yeah. Um, yeah, getting all sorts of looks, like, from laughter and smiles and waves to, like, death stares and frowns and people taking photos. Yeah. And um, there were people giving out food and bottled water and ambulances driving through. And this little girl came up to me and gave me, like, a little packed lunch that yeah, she right. was handing out to a bunch of people like wow. just, and then I got given a bottle of water and I was sort of like it's kind of just it's kind, of cool. kind of being looked after yeah. like kind of I was walking against the protest sort of as it was coming towards me going like alright I've been here for half an hour I should have had enough I'm going to get out of here <laughs> um, and yeah I don't really know what much else to say about it but it was uh it was definitely intense and it's kind of sad almost to see um what'd you say like Did indonesia kind of regressing a little bit yeah. like the rest of the world is politically socially i would yeah. say i'm some guys from serengai the one of the bands that played hamasonic yeah. one of the uh, indonesian bands he described the situation as basically we're getting trumped yeah right wow it seems to be happening a lot yeah i mean 
can see it. You can see it even here in Australia with some of the shit going around, and you know, particular states in this country seem to be voting in or voting majority, yeah. uh, majority, majority, majority. <laughs> oh my god, I've had like half a pint, but um, in favour of things like One Nation and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. and um, it just seems to be flavour of the month as far as I don't know. I, I mean, do you have a bunch of people that aren't terribly educated that, you know, you try and f- instill fear and then... Well, I'd, 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 I don't know if it's... Um, Pauline Hanson seems genuine to me. Mm. I don't, I like, I don't see her as someone that's trying to instill fear as part of like a greater plan. I just think that, it. I just think she's scared. Yeah. And um, doesn't understand it. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, it's, uh, I can, you know, I've got family members that back One Nation and um, obviously not a personal supporter of it. I can mm. definitely see why and even empathize to a point of yeah. why some people feel that way. Like my little brother is, um, he's, I don't know, I guess he's a little bit sort of of a sh- shut in maybe a bit yeah. sheltered yeah um i don't feel like he's seen that much of the world so to speak still lives in this you know suburb we grew up in but like he's terrified of the train station that he works at like yeah. getting blown up you know and there's kind of uh it's a very weird cagey kind of situation when it comes to discussing you know islam and terrorism and those sort of things and then when Someone like Pauline Hansen goes, oh, I have a solution for all your fears. It's, it's an can, easy buy-in for yeah. a lot of people. It makes sense. And uh, it's just one of those things, like, as you said, like uh, using your brother as an example, it hasn't done a lot of traveling and whatnot. And I think, you know, there's always been this stereotype with Aussies, like Aussies love to travel and we love to get out there and we're always in the weirdest of places. And some of us are, but a lot of us aren't. And we're very similar to the States. Like a lot of Americans don't go anywhere. And it's the people that stay home and they never go, never travel, never mm. interact with other people, different backgrounds and cultures. They're the ones that are scared. Yeah. And you kind of get it. You kind of understand why. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, with, I mean, when the Americans, which is the most you know, heavily publicised country when it comes to anything, not just politics, but just anything in general, when leader of the free world, so to speak, is him yeah then it's natural that the influence is gonna flow onto other countries especially yeah. in the western world but anywhere really it's crazy i think i don't know what end up i'm i'm shit when it comes to politics but i think france had some something similar where i uh, didn't the the conservative leader didn't get voted he didn't in, okay because yeah. i remember seeing I like think it was a she actually yeah and so it was like there's a lot of uh, a lot of favoritism towards this person and I think it was just they were riding off the back of, of everything that's happening in the States well uh, France has kind of had no shortage of its own that's it. terrorist attacks man if you, like, if you want to push conservatism then that's probably the place to do it after everything that's happened yeah it's uh, the more the world goes on the more I sort of feel myself like I guess when I was younger I felt like I was a bit well, I didn't I don't know if I would have classified myself as such back then, but looking back on some of my younger political views, I'm like, oh, I was, you know, pretty radically left. Yeah. And I feel in the last sort of few years, just through, I don't know, 
maturity or life experience or just everything that's going on, I feel myself drifting a little bit more towards the center of it yeah, all. I and think, that I think, you know, all sides have some sort of validity yeah. at varying yeah. levels. And um, unfortunately, I don't think there's really any political party that can actually solve what, you know, all the problems that we have, you know, while still being sensitive and respectful yep. towards just human life. And yeah. so everything's just kind of fucked. a bit fucked, man. <laughs> <laughs> and I, yeah, I, I'm like, speaking of just, you know, being exhausted or whatever, it's just like from like the news, like it's kind of sort of how I feel with just just the whole state of the world right now is just kind of exhausting to me, man. Because yeah. you have these huge conversations and all this discourse and just sort of seems like things just keep going round and round in circles and yeah, <laughs> like that's it. not actually getting any better. Well, I think um, Australia's never been sort of like this left and right sort of thing for a long time. We've sort of, it's always been like an American thing. And now it's more so, it's more prevalent, especially like where we are now and sort of in the suburbs of Melbourne, but also like Sydney's the same and certain parts of Brisbane, it's really sort of left based and, but it's, it's extreme left and extreme left is just as bad as extreme right. And I think where a lot of people need to be is in that center, in that middle part and taking little mm. bits from, from each because there's so many things out there now where it's like the over, overly, overly Jeez, hopefully PC uh, perspective where people are so overly sensitive about yeah. how, to, how to label people and how to treat people. Yeah, it's um, I think that's sort of part of my drifting back towards the center a little bit as well. Just kind of feeling like it's, it's hard to kind of verbalize it. I don't know, but just like I feel like identity politics in a way have sort of it has become so much of a circus almost that the, the left is kind of routinely eating itself yeah and like uh people that are essentially on the same page as with life kind of like perfect example an article i read this morning about a, a burrito shop getting shut down after it was you know protested by people in Portland because it was run by white people it was you know cultural appropriation to be making and selling burritos and it's just only like this is just (laughs) fucking getting silly man like culture is a melting pot well that's the whole point of multiculturalism is that any you know you blend the cultures together but then if you're in the dominant culture you're not allowed to do but like oh my god I just find the whole thing a little bit um it's it's kind of been taken to the extreme and in some regards maybe things had to be taken to an extreme almost to, yep. to kind of bring things closer to the middle but it just um, sometimes I find it a bit hard to align that's probably why a lot of this conservative stuff is I think it's, it is definitely help, helping yeah I think the yeah if, say if you're a moderate person sort of in the middle and as we were talking before like you go oh here's here's these racist right wingers but they've got a sort like a solution that seems logical to my fears and is these people on the left carrying on about how words are used better be safe than sorry and it's kind of like (laughs) it's crazy um all right so i'll segue it so um how many people um that are that are z zay or z gender uh (laughs) labeled listen to the racket (laughs) 
I got no idea. <laughs> you don't have any any gender um, gender demographics that uh, you can pull out data wise for the racket. <laughs> I don't think I really have uh, any demographics I can really pull out on that. Um, <laughs> I know that there's like I do know that there is transgender people that yeah. that listen, um, but yeah. No, there's no, there's no no data on that one. Do you like my segue? I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> well, moving away from the heaviness of politics and uh, social t- social topics, um, how long have you been doing the racket for? This is my sixth year. Shit, time flies. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say far out. So um, there was a call out for. Uh, people to take over and, and be the next presenter of the, the show mm-hmm. how did you find out and then what was the process to to get to where where you were to be appointed the new host did you have to go through an audition process um yeah so they just started advertising it i guess and i wasn't initially like I didn't initially sort of jump straight at it, but I was like, oh, that's interesting. It's about time that show got a new host. Yeah. And then um, a few friends are kind of like, you should like hit this up. And I was like, yep. yeah, I was kind of thinking about it maybe. Like, I, mm. I don't know. I'd never really set my sights on a radio career, so to speak. Were you in Melbourne by then? No, I was still in Brisbane. Brisbane. Yeah. And um, the first round, I guess, of the audition process was to uh record five minutes of you talking about one of your favorite records yeah. and give a sent- 10 song playlist and uh answer a few questions like i think the one i remember was what, if you're going to interview such and such from mastodon what's some questions you would ask him okay and as i'd been a music journalist for a long time i was like well actually i interviewed him like a couple of months ago and this is some of the questions that i did ask him and i did five minutes of me talking about kill switch engage alive or just breathing yeah and how that album changed my life and was kind of the tipping point from new metal into metalcore. And uh, I can't remember what bands I had on my playlist, but sorry, <laughs> quick, a quick tangent. Uh, did you see Kill Switch in Brisbane? Like when you were still living in Brisbane? Um, did you see him play at the arena? Um, from the first tour with Sawwork and Anthrax? Yes. This I got a story from this cool. night. Yes. Uh, so I went to the record st- like the record store signing at, we probably at were Skinny's. in the same line Skinny's yep. I was there yep. I s- still got like an actual real photo from it <laughs> but uh, and then so later that night me and my friend we were 16 yep. and we were like let's try and yeah, sneak okay. in yeah. <laughs> and I sort of snuck in through the front and we got busted by security and then we were just like uh, like this is hours before doors and yep. I thought, thought I was going to try and hide out in there or something and so we just sat and listened to the show from out the front. Um, Jimmy, do you know Jimmy Bud? Yeah, yeah. He went in, bought like some merch for us. Oh, man. Yeah. Came back out with it. That was pretty sick. And then I can't remember if it was before or after. It might have been before Killswitch played, but we went and sort of hung around the back, just like being proper, like sweaty, stalkery fans. Like, and, and Mike from Killswitch was out there. And uh, there was some other, I guess, random fans out there that had some weed. And um, <laughs> we're all sort of standing in a circle talking. And they start smoking uh, weed at this joint. And um, <laughs> it came to me and got offered. And I was like, oh, no, thanks. I don't do drugs. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then here I am. Innocent 16 year old. What, 14, 15 years later? <laughs> kind of stoned on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was always funny because I obviously started smoking weed a year later and was like, fuck, I could have smoked weed with Mike from Killswitch and I turned Hindsight's it down. A, hindsight's a bitch. <laughs> hindsight's a bitch. But uh, man, I remember I was at that show and I was at that signing as well. And um, I had the show poster and I got everyone to sign it. Although, Anth- no, it was only Soil Working Killswitch that did the signing. I don't think Anthrax did. Anthrax definitely weren't there. No, they weren't there. I think it's just those two bands because I got the signatures from them. But I never met Anthrax because I think they came back a couple of years later with Joey. Because it was John Bush that did that show. Yeah, right. I don't yeah. know. I, I listened to Killswitch and then went home. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was bummed because um, I think I got a lift in with some friends because we were we lived north side. We lived Redcliffe. Right. And so I was always a bitch to get home. And uh, we had somebody that was going to pick us up. And about three songs into Anthrax, the friend that was with me says, oh, I want to go home, I'm tired. And I'm like, what the fuck? And I had my I had my little disposable camera trying to take photos of the band and everything like that. And so we bailed after three songs. And I was so bummed about that. But I did get to see Soil Work because I was... Um, was that? I, don't, I can't remember what year Natural Born Chaos came out. Anyway, I love that album. So I don't know whether that album was out by then. Anyway, um, I was happy I got to see Killswitch and Soilwork, but I was like Anthrax. I really wanted to see. Yep. And um, I got three songs in and I had to leave. So I didn't see them again until they came out a few years later with uh, the original singer, Joey. But um, yeah, the arena, the arena was like, man, like Nazi Germany. The, the security, it was crazy. Like they, I remember they used to do ID checks for anyone and everyone. Yeah. It didn't matter if you were 60 years old, ID check. If you didn't have your ID, you weren't allowed in. I've been kicked out of that venue twice. Oh, yeah? What? Intoxication? Both times or? for crowd surfing. Oh, crowd surfing. Yeah, right. I remember their signs on the poles. Inside, yeah. I think I got kicked out of Thursday. I think it was Thursday and Poison the Well and maybe an irrelevant. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and I went to see Poison the Well. I'd never heard Thursday before. And um, people were sort of crowd surfing, but I saw that they were sort of getting kicked out. And I kind of waited till maybe halfway, three quarters of the way through the set and was like, yeah, I've had enough of this. I'm going to go for a crowd surf and <laughs> got removed. And and then it was Under Oath was the next one. I think I was just absolutely wasted and got kicked out. So it was weird been kicked out for crowd surfing to two post-hardcore bands at the arena. <laughs> While we're telling arena stories, this one's funny. Yeah. Um, so I'd just been kicked out of Under Oath. Yeah. And I think my little brother was at the show because my mum was coming to pick both of us up. And she'd gotten there a little bit early. And um, I don't know why my thought process went this way, but I'd been kicked out and was like, what the fuck, man? I want to get back in, see the rest of the show. They wouldn't let me back in the front and I was like I think maybe there's like an entrance on the roof or like something like a vent I can get through or something so I climbed up onto the roof of the arena and I'm like walking around (laughs) trying to like suss shit out like absolutely (laughs) hammered drunk probably like 19 or something and then someone's screaming at me from across the street and I look over it's my mum who's pulled up to pick (laughs) us up and she's like what the fuck are you doing up there and I'm like I'm trying to get back in I got kicked out Get the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> I was in a lot of trouble. That would have been the best if you actually found a window or something to get in and then just... Because there's, there's a... 
remember upstairs they had the balcony and there's a back room behind it. So I think sometimes they used to have goth clubs there or something mm. like that. I can't remember what they used to call it, but um, there was a few different clubs they had there on off nights. And, and they had um, those rooms up the back that were hardly ever open. Yeah, yeah. And so I remember being up there once years and years ago and looking in the back room and going, oh, okay, like there's there's all these other passages and whatever. Yeah. So if you're on the roof... There surely was something, but I didn't, would, yeah. you didn't get my, that far. My mum intercepted. Me. <laughs> <laughs> I remember um, one, the guitarist from Sunk Lotto sort of giving me a bit of a talking to in one of those back rooms once. Did he tell you about <laughs> uh, having sunken eyes? Because <laughs> I think, I think like one of my friends... Well, I think this girl that I used to be friends with, Kimmy, she was, I don't know, somehow Sunk Lotto got brought up and I think it was, you know, I, sh- I don't know if I was prompted to or not, but I think I've shared my opinion on like how I think maybe they'd just done that new single that was kind of Lamb of Gotti before yeah. they broke up. Yeah. And I was like, I just don't know why they keep sort of trying to hop styles and like this doesn't, and yeah, I guess it was just ragging on them for not sticking to their new metal or something and and she's like oh really that's what you think well this this guy plays guitar like sort of oh, and i was like oh fuck and then like sitting there and the guitarist from sunk lotto was he tried to lecture was you? just sort of telling me how i had it wrong and you know he just wants to do what he likes and all this kind of stuff and i felt real bad <laughs> oh well i mean i mean <laughs> good on him for i guess defending himself but fuck off mate <laughs> Jeez. All I remember. No one Sunk- cared about that Lamb of God sounding single. Oh uh, well, I don't. The only thing I remember of Sunk Lotto was that Sunken Eyes uh, song, only because it got played on Channel V all the time. And it was the live clip where they're on stage, and the singer would said something like, something like, "This next song's called Sunken Eyes," and it was like this really <laughs> ochre intro. And and this is it, me being a kid that was like obsessed with Metallica and American stuff or whatever. And I said. I just, all I thought was that's so bogan. Yeah. It's gross. And all my mates were like massive Sunk Lotto fans. And it was Sunk, Sunk Lotto. It was another band, One Minute Silence or something. Maybe. And Incubus. And those were their bands. And I was the only kid in the group that liked Metallica. So it was just my job to just shit on anything that they liked. So Sunk Lotto was one of those bands. But um, yeah. I used to be a moderator on the Sunk Lotto forum. <laughs> <laughs> Dedicated. There you go. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> uh, message boards, they don't really pop off anymore. Is this another part we should probably edit out? <laughs> that we know each other from Briz Metal? <laughs> <laughs> or was it Metal Shop before that even? Uh, I was on Metal Shop for a little bit, but Briz Metal was probably the... Yeah. yeah. Briz Metal was a melting pot of... Uh, of mental, well, mental health. <laughs> Far out. <laughs> Jesus, there's some twisted people from Briz Metal forums. I'm, I'm sad though that that forum doesn't really exist. I still anymore. visit it once every year, probably every six months, really, just click the link because it's still in my favorites. Yeah, like, I wonder what's yeah, happening there. Like, uh, <laughs> nothing. No, no. The fishman keeps popping up in my people you may know. Oh. <laughs> That guy's that guy is scary. Oh, far out. Yeah, yeah I, I there's a couple of times where I tried to kickstart it with something like I don't know, Nini or, or something where you're paying out someone else, but but there was not enough people around that were actually checking back in. But at one point there, I think like I don't know, ten years ago or whatever, that was just a hub of activity. It was a hub hub of like mental abuse and the, the the recreation was just to pay out on There's people. a few people that, yeah, got... got uh, what was her name? Uh, what was the name of... There was that one poor girl that, like, got... I think... 
I think we shamed Sam for having slept with her at one point. Oh, oh fuck. Yeah, it? yeah. And she was, um, she was a very sort of voluptuous woman. Possibly. Maybe there's a few. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Fuck. <laughs> Maybe we should. Horrible little little den of misogyny. <laughs> no. Okay. I know, I know who this person was because they were very frequent across a number of different people. But she had a reputation anyway. Was it Wolfie was that yeah, someone? Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. There's there's some other girl that like she posted on there as well. Yeah, but what was? Yeah, yeah. What was? Uh, what was the girl that had that sentence that became a bit of a meme? Fuck. I feel like I could go into Sam Alcock's Facebook group, but we <laughs> are you in that? Al- Al- no, I'm no. not. <laughs> so, um, I don't know who made it, but like it's just like all the Defamer crew and like me and Luke Anderson and a couple of other Briz Metal types. I tell you what, Luke Anderson's keeping the but, flag, the flag <laughs> flying. It's called the group is called Alcock is here. Alcock went away, <laughs> and it's just us kind of. Teasing Sam and celebrating our friendship with him. It's I love fucking it. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that was. Um, I think I kind of wish that forums were still popular because they're not anymore. There's very yeah. It's all possible. just it's all converted to Facebook now. Yeah, that's it. I mean, if you look at um, something you're very very frequent in is uh, I probably hate yes. the band uh, <laughs> Facebook group. That group's sick. It is so good. It is so good. And there's a few of us that are on there. I I will put a comment in every once in a while, but for the most part, I just read them and laugh. And I think most of the guys in our band are on there as members, but they will ne- never post. And we're, we've got our own private chats for band stuff. Yeah. And half of the band stuff is just commenting on the shit stirring that's on that Facebook yeah. group. And it's so good. It's so good. Yeah. I, um... It's so funny seeing some people still getting really tripped up by it. Like, kind of, the, ho- the whole idea is, that, you know, like, look, it's in the name. I probably hate your band. Like, <laughs> bands get hated on, like, even if they're good and liked, you know. You, and some people still kind of get their uh, knickers in a knot over stuff. It, and it's that's like, it. Take the I'm bait. just fucking taking the piss. I Like, most, sometimes there's probably bands, actually, that I do genuinely hate in there. But most of the time, I'm just kind of taking the piss even sometimes out of bands I like you know <laughs> I, I need to I need to pay a cruel joke on somebody where I'll give them uh, I'll tell them to post um, like a a promo post for their for their video clip or for their song and tell them I'll put it in that Facebook group They're, you know, it's really really good for exposure yeah. put it in there because most of these guys will never read the other posts they'll just go oh sick and oh just, thanks man you know that mo- that multitude of spam where they hit up a million different Facebook groups yep. at the one time I just add that to the list and go just put in there man yeah. just watch like their whole career <laughs> as a musician just go down the drain <laughs> like the bit so, be like what some traditional metal band come in and people would be like this is the baldest thing I've ever heard and then people would be like what are you talking about we've all got long heads of hair no man trust me it's bald as fuck <laughs> I know a few culprits I know, I know not culprits I know a few victims I could possibly put in into the into the cage and it'd actually be quite funny maybe I, I, I don't know I encourage you to do depends this depends on how depends on how cruel I'm feeling at, on the, at the time but there are a few people who probably actually deserve it so um, I'll, I'll think about that one yeah um all right, quick uh, push back to what we were saying before we went off on a tangent about the arena and bris metal and all that. Um, so the racket. <laughs> um, so you went through the process. Mm-hmm. You had to supply some demos or whatever. So you, yep. did, the, you did the stuff previous did interviews. the first with, round, yeah. then the second round where I had to do like a, I think it was like half hour demo yeah. of me on the radio. 
I used some interviews that I'd done earlier that year. Mm. Well, yeah, I guess must have been. Or the year before, I don't even know. Did it happen in January? Did I get the job? I must have been January. Anyway, uh, I had an interview with Winston from Parkway Drive yeah. and an interview with Dave from Psychroptic. I sort of cut them into a mock radio show and had to submit a proper resume and a 30-song playlist. Yeah. And, uh, I was down in Sydney for a mate's birthday weekend or something. Um, no, it can't have been his birthday weekend. For some reason, I was in Sydney and uh, I just, you know, was in deep in the process of applying for this job and sort of mentioned to the bosses at Triple J, I'm going to actually be in Sydney this week if you know. Mm just want to catch up or whatever yeah. and they're like actually that'd be great you want to come to the office and have a chat Mad. Um, and yeah hung out with Chris Scadden and Ollie Wards for like an hour talking about the show and music mm. and stuff and sort of towards the end of it one of the um, Chris Scadden actually said so one of the things you're going to have to do uh, uh, if you get the job one of the things that you would have to, and I was like fuck yeah got it <laughs> <laughs> and then I, you know, didn't, out of the bag. Yeah, didn't find out because there was still, you know, sh I think they had six people maybe or three yep. people on the shortlist at that stage. And um, yeah, finally found out a couple of weeks later and then had to sit on my hands with that for Wait. another couple of weeks. Yeah. And cool. Yeah. Did um, you don't have to name names, but do you know who the other shortlisted people were? Or do you have an idea yes, of who they were? Yes, I do actually. Have they actually gone on to do other things in radio or are they... Josh Merriel does Short, oh, Fast, right. Loud. Oh, cool. Mad. He, um, he applied for the same job and they... He didn't get it, but they liked him and yep. sort of he started doing mid-dawns, like shifts. Yep. And I think the other person... Uh, my friend Toby from Sydney, I think, and then he was the editor for, of Hysteria okay. for a little bit, yeah, yeah. and uh, now he's sort of like a freelance journalist that does a lot of stuff for Vice. Oh, right. Oh, cool. Yeah. Not bad company? Yeah. Far out. Awesome. Um, when you got appointed and the announcement was out, did you cop much flack? Yeah, heaps. <laughs> With the true uh, metal warriors, yeah, yeah, not happy. <laughs> they definitely weren't. Um, I remember cause in the at the time I was in a, a post-hardcore band yep. called Nuclear Summer, and um, people like were posting it on the Rackets page, like our video clips and stuff, being like, "Look at this! This is your fucking new fucking gay host of the Racket." Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, people were. I, I got like a. Obviously, I don't think it was legit, but kind of like a bit of a death threat message from some girl because I'd taken over the Facebook page and she'd apparently helped the prior host uh, set okay. up the Facebook and how dare I take it away. I'm like, I didn't... I just got given it. Like, fuck. But yeah, it, it sort of... Uh, there was a massive spike in ratings for the first few yeah. shows. It like really shot up heaps and then it kind of fell back down again. And um, sort of has been pretty, pretty well steadily building it I guess yeah. it kind of took it took maybe six months or a year to sort of build back up to yeah. sort of being steady and then since then it's been um, going great I think there's very rarely a genuine true metal warrior that gets upset by my approach to the show yeah. anymore because I think um, 
I don't know, I sort of rep- try and represent everything that's going think, on in heavy music. And I think you're pretty balanced with what you pick and yeah. I think the probably the stereotypes or the stigmas that people had initially when you started, yeah. you've proven proven otherwise. <laughs> so I think people don't have much of an argument anymore. Yeah, and, and it did take me a little while to kind of get my head around how the playlist should be. Like for yep. a while I was playing too much just what I wanted to listen to or older bands that, yep. well, not necessarily even that old, but like bands that, because I felt like there was a huge gap, like a scene missing kind of thing, like a piece that w- wasn't quite there on the show for a long time because I think one of the things I said in my original interview or one of my early interviews with Triple J Bosses was like, like, what do you think of the racket yeah. at the moment? And I was said, well, you know, it's fine to be, there's nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with being a dude in a Slayer shirt that just loves those bands, mm. loves the classics, like True Metal Warrior, like, cool, man. Yeah, like, yeah. But heavy music has become so much more diverse than yeah. that and there's all these other offshoots and all these other little movements that have sprouted out over the years and I think I said something like and th- that's not being represented yeah. it's just kind of the true metal stuff mm. and they were like yeah we agree and that's, um, that's yeah. where probably a lot of your listenership comes from as well that part that part that wasn't represented that now is i mean yeah and i think if you're listening to the radio in the first place um i think the racket's slightly different because people that don't normally listen to triple j will tune in specifically Mm. like same goes for all the specialist shows really but um in general if you're listening to the radio for your music you're not probably not about one particular style yeah. so to speak like yeah. if you listen to triple j during the day you're going to get 50 different types of music yeah and i like that my show sort of re- reflects that too just oh, within the heavy as in yeah yeah okay. like it sure it's definitely a niche but within that niche like i don't know it's possibly just because I'm so entrenched in it and I don't really know other styles of music that well, but like I swear there's probably got to be more styles of, of metal and more oh, sub-scenes absolutely. in metal and hardcore as well. Than it's probably most, one of the most broad yeah. genres of music. It's kind of ridiculous, but it's cool. <laughs> it's like, because it's like, oh, yeah, this... You, If you wanted to, you could ha- like have a thrash metal show, a death metal show, a metalcore show. You know what I mean? Yeah. But then like within this niche... It gets three hours a week. Here's another 50 niches sort of in there. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. Do you know what, um, just talking about radio in general, do you know what the stats are or ratio is for people that stream online versus people that are blasting it out of a car um, stereo? Or? I have seen the stats on a slideshow before, but I couldn't recall it, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. It'd be Streaming's definitely growing. I know yeah, that much. Yeah, yeah. It'd be interesting to see because... Uh, a lot of people, you sort of, when you talk about radio, you go, oh, it's such a dead format these days because hardly anyone listens to radio. Why would you when you got Bluetooth in your car for your, mm. your music or podcast and all that sort of stuff? But I think when people are working and shift workers and people are staying up late at night, especially if it's something that's very, like the racket, it's so tailored for a demographic of people mm. or people that appreciate heavy music. So people are intentionally listening to, or tuning in for that yeah. only. I know when they they put their they updated the website maybe a year or so ago to feature on the Triple J homepage like a listen listen now like links to all the specialist shows yeah, cool. and there was a huge spike yeah, right, from that wow. just making it more visible for just people actually streaming the Internet show after friendly. the fact yeah um, 
but yeah, like Triple J's been. People might say radio's dead, but Triple J's still growing. Yeah. It hasn't stopped. Yeah, well, that's cool. It's probably the most well-performing sector of the ABC. I guess it's um, just keeping up with the times and being internet-friendly and just trying mm. to make sure that you're you're making sense for the audience that's going to listen listen in, make yeah. it as easy as possible. So there's definitely, you know, a, a culture to it and stereotypes attached to it. Mm. And um, people like to get involved and feel proud of it because essentially everyone owns it in a way. Like, yeah. you know, it's a taxpayer-funded thing, mm. which is, I think, from my understanding, there's no other radio station in the world like Triple J um, yeah, right. that's... Other countries don't have these massive um, taxpayer, yeah, taxpayer-funded, like alternative music networks. It's pretty cool. You got uh, everyone that's chipping in a, a few cents and a few dollars here and there to make sure that metal's played on, yeah. the, on the airwaves. Sometimes I like to tell people that I'm the only person employed by the Australian government to be like on top of metal. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That should be your. That should be a tagline. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I never aspired or thought that I would become a government employee. <laughs> You're a public servant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's bizarre. I love it. Well, I'm keeping on the time. I think we might go and get another pint. My mm-hmm. shout this time. Cool. But um, cheers. Appreciate it. No worries. Thanks for taking the time to shoot the shit and, and talk about some shit stories as well. <laughs> <laughs> shoot the shit into that Indonesian hotel bed. <laughs> I feel sorry for whoever had to clean that oh, up. Oh, those cleaners would be hating you. <laughs> <laughs> they got your name and address as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, man. Thanks. Appreciate <laughs> it. Bye. Thanks, everyone. Hope you enjoyed that chat with Lachlan. Great to catch up with him. If you want to reach out to Lachlan and say hello or listen to The Racket, which is on Tuesday nights on Triple J, um, or anything else that he's been a part of or is a part of now, I'm going to have everything over at andysocial.net so you can uh, – Go there and click on the show notes as with all of my previous episodes and you can find all the different things we spoke about, even all the the internet uh, fun that we covered. Now, before I wrap this up, a big thank you for everybody that's listening to this podcast. Uh, over the last several months, the uh, listenership has been increasing dramatically. I don't know what the hell it is. I did improve my SEO, so maybe that's uh, contributing towards it. But um, thank you so much for people that have uh, started listening over the last couple of months. Um, I really hope that you've been enjoying these episodes. And it looks like a few of you have gone back and have just been listening to absolutely everything that's been put out to date. So that's really cool. That's a lot of content. But um, I'm glad that there's a few determined people out there that are (laughs) going back and listening to everything. Um, If you want to support this podcast, there's only a couple of things that I ask is that uh, if you use iTunes, if you, so if you use uh, an iPhone, get on there and rate and review. Um, that does a massive things uh, for the exposure of this podcast. Or if you just see this uh, podcast episode or anything to do with the podcast showing up on social media, just give it a little like or a comment or a tag or share or whatever it is. And that goes a long way. But apart from that, just listen and uh, go back and listen to some of the episodes that you haven't heard before. That uh, that's more than enough, and I'm quite chuffed that uh, you guys are still listening to my voice even at this point in the episode. So, I think on that note, I'm going to wrap this up. I've spent way too long recording these intros and outros. Oh, it's time to go. All right, guys. Until next week. Take care. Ta ta. Yeah.